This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. For patients with a rare disease, the diagnostic odyssey can be a long journey fraught with many wrong answers. The Undiagnosed Research Network is a research study funded by the National Institutes of Health to bring together clinical researchers from across the country armed with advanced technologies to solve the most vexing cases. Ahead of Undiagnosed Disease Day on April 29th, we spoke to Kimberly LeBlanc, Associate Director of Research Operations for the Undiagnosed Research Network, about the challenges rare disease patients face in getting a diagnosis, how the network works, and why its work holds the potential to help clinicians better diagnose rare disease patients. Kimberly, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're going to discuss the Undiagnosed Disease Network, what it is, how it works. I'd like to start with the problem of undiagnosed disease broadly, though. For patients with a rare disease, how difficult is it to get a diagnosis? How how, how big a problem does that represent? It can be very challenging for patients with rare conditions or with unusual presentations of common conditions to get a diagnosis. The National Institutes of Health report that about 6% of the individuals who are calling their Office of Rare Disease Research have undiagnosed conditions. So they're being passed from one institution to the next and seeing many different providers having numerous tests and procedures done without getting answers. So this is a big problem currently and hard for people to come together to be able to diagnose these rare conditions. What's the diagnostic odyssey typically like for a a patient with a rare disease? For a patient with a rare disease, the diagnostic odyssey can take many years. We hear from many of the patients and families in the UDN that they have been from one institution to the next, have, as I mentioned, many tests and procedures done over the course of years without finding answers, without finding that provider who's able to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And since sequencing is now improving at a rapid rate, some of the conditions that we're diagnosing now weren't known to medicine a few years before. So there is that complicating factor as well. What makes these diseases difficult to diagnose? Is it that doctors often don't consider them? Is it that symptoms are often shared with more common diseases? It can be both of those, both of those situations. So in some cases, the provider may not have seen the condition before and it may not be the first thing that comes to mind. They may not have had experience 
diagnosing that condition before, and in some other cases, the presentation may just be unusual, and it may be a diagnosis that the provider has seen before, has sometimes had many patients with, but since the presentation is unique, that provider may not be able to come to that diagnosis. To some extent, it would seem that rare diseases, at least monogenic diseases, should be easy to diagnose because there's a, a very specific way to get at that answer through genetic testing. Is it barriers to getting this testing that's leaving these patients undiagnosed? Sometimes it is barriers to genetic testing, uh, but in other cases, the patient may have a variant in a certain gene that hasn't been seen before, so it may not be picked up by traditional clinical testing and may need additional research investigation in order to find that answer, find that diagnosis for the patient. There are still a number of reasons why people who get genetic testing may still be without the answers they seek. What's the gap? Is it that genetic testing comes in different flavors? Is it that deeper or more complete genetic testing may be necessary? Is it that a disease may not be a, a genetic one? So many people do go through genetic testing and do not get a clear answer for their symptoms, and that may be because their variant hasn't been seen before, hasn't been reported in the medical literature previously. In other cases, it may be a new a brand new condition, so there haven't been other patients described with variants in that gene before. We all have numerous variants in many different genes, and unfortunately, the field still has a lot more to learn in this area, so that is, I would say, the number one reason why many people go through genetic testing with these rare conditions and don't get an answer. What is the Undiagnosed Disease Network? How, how long has it been around? Who makes up the network, and how is it funded? The UDN came out of the Undiagnosed Diseases Program at the NIH, and that program was founded back in 2008. And based on the success of that program, it prompted the NIH Common Fund to support the expansion of the program into a network of medical research centers in 2013. And we started accepting patients for the project in 2015. So the Undiagnosed Diseases Network is a research study with the goal of bringing together more clinicians and research experts from across the country. The UDN is made up of a coordinating center, clinical sites, and core facilities, which we call CORES for short. And the various clinical sites are located at the Baylor College of Medicine, Duke Medicine, the Harvard Teaching Hospitals here in Boston, the National Institutes of Health, Stanford, the University of California, Los Angeles, and Vanderbilt University Medical Center. We also have two sites that do genetic testing, which are located at the Baylor College of Medicine and Hudson Alpha. As I mentioned, the core, the research cores are crucial to the work that we do, and the Model Organism Screening Center is one of them, which is located at Baylor College of Medicine and University of Oregon, and then our metabolomics core is at Pacific Northwest National Laboratory and Oregon Health and Science University. So we have a lot of different players in this network, and we're really trying to bring both the clinical and research experts together to try to diagnose more conditions and improve the care for undiagnosed patients. What's the mandate of the network? 
The goals of the UDN, the mandate is to provide answers for patients and families affected by these unusual and mysterious conditions and to learn more about the rare and common conditions as well. How does the network work? Does it look at cases on an individual basis? Do members of the network collaborate? We do look at cases in both ways. So each patient is evaluated as a unique individual. So they will go through the diagnostic process at one of our clinical sites. But as a network, we try to share data about all of these patients. We have one central database where the information about patients is shared and and providers are able to collaborate across sites, both across clinical sites as well as the clinical and research divide. What's the track record? How, how many patients have been diagnosed through the network? What percentage of patients get a diagnosis? And how long does it generally take? We have been able to make 192 diagnoses so far and have evaluated over 700 patients. So not every patient is able to receive a diagnosis through this process, but the evaluation, even though the in-person evaluation may only be two to five days long, the clinical and research evaluation lasts much longer than that. So it may take years to do the research work to be able to make a diagnosis for one of our patients. You've diagnosed some 190 patients out of 700 at some point, do you say, we just don't have an answer, we don't have a diagnosis, or, or do you continue working these cases? We keep working those cases since, as I mentioned before, some of the diagnoses that we do make are new, newly described conditions. Since the field of genetics is evolving at a rapid rate, new conditions are being discovered all the time. So we try to go back to all of our cases you continue to look into possible answers over time. When you do make a diagnosis, I assume it's because you have found a mutation that you believe is driving the underlying condition, even if you don't know the significance of that mutation. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, some of the diagnoses that we make are clinical, though, as well. So gen genetic testing is a big component of what we do, but we do make some clinical diagnoses as well. How does the network determine what patients it will try to diagnose? What does a, a patient have to do to be considered? So the way that the application process works is that patients or a caretaker or provider on their behalf can submit an application to the UDN. And that application consists of some basic demographic and medical history questions a recommendation letter from a healthcare provider which summarizes the applicant's medical history is also included with the application and the clinical site to which the patient is assigned works to collect all of their medical records and review those records. So what we're looking for during that application and medical record review process is a patient who has been worked up extensively, has been seen by many different providers, and still doesn't have answers. So patients who have been through this diagnostic odyssey have exhausted their diagnostic, their clinical diagnostic possibilities are welcome to apply to the UDN. Uh, but since we're a research project, we unfortunately can't 
accept everyone for evaluation. So the clinical sites do spend a lot of time reviewing these records and these applications to make sure that the patients who are accepted to the UDN could benefit from the type of clinical and research evaluation that we can offer. Does the network work with the patient's own doctor in any way? Yes. So we work with the patient's home providers both before and after primarily the UDN evaluation. So the UDN is trying to find a diagnosis and learn more about these conditions, but the care it goes back to the home provider. So after the evaluation, we return any results that we have with the home provider and continue that conversation about a diagnosis and results over time. How is cost handled? We try to cover as many of the costs of the clinical tests and procedures as possible through health insurance and research funds. We pay for transportation and housing for the patient visits and cover the cost of genetic testing and research tests and procedures. You're in an unusual position in that you may find two patients with the same rare mutation, which may not be previously known or or well understood. Do you do anything to connect these patients or or their doctors to each other? Yes, connecting patients with these rare conditions is one thing that we try to do whenever possible. So since we're sharing the information across the clinical sites, across the research cores, we're able to link patients that way. We are also sharing data with controlled access databases like Phenome Central, which is connected to the Matchmaker Exchange to try to match other similar patients in different databases. We also have our participant web pages project. So for patients who are interested in sharing their information publicly on our website, we'll post it there with the goal of finding other patients and providers around the world who have similar patients that are just searching on the internet trying to find people with similar symptoms. Let's assume you're successful. What happens after a diagnosis? After the diagnosis, it depends on the patient's interests, but also any other research that may be ongoing. So in some cases, they will be connected to collaborators both within and outside the network. Uh, The care is given back to the patient's home provider at that point typically though. So we may provide research or other support connections and resources, but the care will go back to the patient's home provider. What's your hope for this work changing the landscape for patients with rare diseases? Do you see it ultimately leading people to getting better and faster answers? We hope that through our work, Others will be able to learn how to diagnose these patients with these rare conditions and increase awareness of this multidisciplinary network model. We think that bringing together clinicians at one site to see the patient at one time is very beneficial as well as collaborating with our research, our basic research investigators in the network has been crucial to making many of these diagnoses. So we are hoping that we will be able to share this model with others over time and have it be applied in other settings. Kimberly LeBlanc, Associate Director of Research Operations for the Undiagnosed Research Network. Kimberly, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. 
For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.